We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RotoWire's Monday NBA DFS podcast sponsored by DraftKings. I'm Joe Bartle and joined alongside me once again is Ben Miller. Ben, we did a weird schedule of things last week. We had a Wednesday podcast, which went great, and a Friday podcast, which also went great. Right. We are now back to the usual swing of things, being the Monday and Wednesday show for the Ben and Joe DFS podcast (laughs) duo. Um, And I think the first thing I wanted to talk about, even before we get into DFS stuff, was we're getting closer to the All-Star break. I know that was a great uh, break for us last year because... There's a little bit of burnout going on. And then, of course, you have the trade deadline stuff, too, that kind of just carries you in to the NBA playoffs itself. But I like the changes they made to the All-Star game. I like that we're picking teams and that there's a little bit more interest in that because, frankly, I've never really sat down and watched a whole All-Star game. I don't even know if I've watched more than a half of an All-Star right, game at yeah. some point, too. And Giannis was the MVP last year. And I love Giannis, and I still was like, yeah, I'm not going to. I'll watch the three-point shooting contest. I'll watch the dunk contest. I'll watch some of the skill stuff. Right. But I haven't actually watched the All-Star game. The changes they made where you're drafting people for your team made me want to watch the All-Star game. And I say made as in a past tense situation because it not being filmed makes me not want to watch it. There is no point in doing these changes, unless you're going to be able to show who was drafted, the facial reactions, the storylines that develop from it. But no, we're not going to do that because we don't want to piss off LeBron James. Yeah, it's like they tried. They, they did. They made it better. And all of a sudden, it returned to being bad again. You know, like, we, I, I want, want to I want see bad. I want to see Kevin Durant not draft Steph Curry 
draft like Giannis instead and just see some facial. Obviously, he probably wouldn't do that. But right. I, yeah, I agree. I just need some facial reaction. I need something where you can see people are like these these players like irked by not being picked or like if he who's the last selection like that guy is probably just like red in the face. Like, come on, man, I'm an I, all star. I think it's a fantastic idea. But the execution on this is not good because, again, there there really is no point unless you're going to be showing who gets taken or or somehow documenting it. I don't even even look at an article that says, hey, LeBron ended up passing Kyrie Irving four times before he's like, huh, should I take Kyrie Irving or <laughs> Goran Dragic? I guess I'll take Kyrie Irving. Right. Right. Like that's that's where I, I want to see that stuff happen. But when it's not being given to you, a good idea is then just kind of cast aside. Like, to me, it's not bad. I, I like the changes. I like that we're trying to find a way to make all-star games interesting. And by the way, I'm not going to be watching the Pro Bowl game either, but you can no. bet I will be watching the Dodgeball Pro Bowl version because <laughs> that's fun. Right. That's interesting stuff. There are new nuances to the NFL all-star stuff. I like the skill stuff that the NFL does too. I think that's cool. I'm not watching the Pro Bowl and I'm not going to be watching the all-star game if we're not actually televising or at least showing us somehow how these are happening. And I think it's, I think it's a drop ball in the situation. Right. They created the drama, but it's not going to help the game flow or like anything like that. Anyway, it's just going to be the same thing. They teased the drama. They didn't even create it because right, not gonna, right. we don't literally get the drama, which is the whole <laughs> point in doing the whole drafting the players. Right. They teased it. They're like, all right, hey, this is this really cool thing that we want you guys to do. It's a donut that's on the table. You see it right there? All right, well, I'm actually going to eat it. You, right. you don't get to see it. You no. don't get to have it. And that's, that, that's how it is. I'm hungry if you haven't figured out. That's why I'm talking <laughs> donuts already. All right, well, let's get to the actual NBA DFS portion of today's podcast. Of course, there are nine games on the slate. And I think the biggest takeaway, biggest thing for you setting your lineup will be who is actually playing in the Sixers-Grizzlies game. I'm looking at our document right now, and I see one, two, three, four players for the Grizzlies already ruled out. And I see another three that are questionable and one that's probable. If you can do math as good as I can do, that means that there are eight players for the Grizzlies that are either out, hurt, or potentially hurt. Right. And the Sixers have four on their own. So that's 12 people in one NBA game that could potentially not play or at least are injured. This is where your salary break comes into effect. I I know the Sixers are decent enough team DFS wise, but we're never targeting the Grizzlies in terms of a defense you want to go against. But when they have maybe half their team sitting out due to various illnesses and, and ailments, you might want to look at this game as a potential salary break option. Yeah, I think that this is I agree completely. This is the game I'm probably waiting on. Um, it, it's nice. It's somewhat earlier in the slate, so there's a good chance we get most of these guys out before eight you know, o'clock lineup lock. tip off. Um, but yeah, I think we're waiting on a lot of things. If, if Jared Bayless is sitting out, um, and you know, JJ Reddick's already out on the on the Sixer side, then we're getting a lot of T, uh, TJ McConnell. Um, I think he's probably mid priced at this point, but um, still a cheaper ish guy. You know, Timothy Luau Cabro is came out of nowhere i think he played like 36 minutes the last game so he's a cheap guy that's that's gonna play a ton of minutes and then obviously on the grizzlies side there's eight players out or i mean not out but you know on the on the injury report for them so there's just so much here i mean guys like jerome martin if he plays he's probably gonna get a bunch of minutes at power forward without you know chandler parsons no no james ennis um there's just a lot of stuff there i know Jim michael green's out already that too, was so. the guy i was gonna mention too um there's just there's so many minutes available on that team with with limited bodies so everyone that plays is gonna get a good you know 28 and minutes. most of them if you kind of are, are clicking around through DraftKings, are, are priced fairly appropriately there's not a situation where they're bumped up because of the potential to play there's maybe a bit more interest in uh, Darrell martin who you mentioned because Jermichael michael green is out and green has been a pretty good 
uh, renaissance as far as the power forward spot, certainly on FanDuel when we're doing the podcast, but on DraftKings too, he's a guy that you can utilize. And he's out, which means that Jarrell Martin, if he ends up playing because he has a hand injury, he's questionable, one of the many questionable guys. That could be some interest too. Mario Chalmers has had his moments in the DFS spotlight this season. He's questionable with the shoulder injury. And Dylan Brooks, who was really a rookie revelation through the first two weeks of the season, has kind of tailed off. He's questionable with an illness too. If he plays, given all the guys that are already out, that might be an interesting situation too, particularly because the Sixers are going to be missing a lot of their guard options overall, whether yeah. it be J.J. Redick, whether it be potentially Jared Bayless, who I think you and I both believe probably will not play given T.J. McConnell. And, and honestly, with the All-Star break coming up, it behooves a lot of these teams to rest their stars. Right. Look at the Bucks too, who we'll get to in a little bit. Giannis Antetokounmpo is already out. I think that's a situation where they're kind of just trying to pace his minutes a little bit too and get him ready to go off the All-Star break. It makes sense for teams that are in contention, such as the 76ers, to kind of do that a little sparingly with their guys. I'm not saying Joel Embiid's going to be out. I, I mean, he could. Yeah, I mean, definitely he <laughs> you could. You never know if he could. <laughs> but a guy like Jared Bayless, who really is going to be a rotational player and, and more of a sixth, seventh man off your bench, when you get to those pivotal matchups, this might be a situation where you rest his legs a little bit. Yeah, this is, this is that point in the season where there's so many injuries piling up that why not just give these guys a little bit of a break? And then, you know, obviously they'll get another full week off once that, that all-star break hits. So yeah, I agree. That's, that's something that you have to consider for, for DFS purposes. And, and if you're guessing, you know, if, if you have to make a guess if a guy's playing or not, I think at this point, a lot of teams actually will try and just rest them. Absolutely. Well, let's start getting into some of those games on, on Monday's nine game slate, starting first with the Kings horn at seven o'clock Eastern time tip off. No real injuries note for the Kings. We've talked about before, though, that they are still kind of going through their rotation as to whether they want to play some of their veteran players or not. Normally, the Kings are a later evening game, 1030 Eastern time tip off. So this is a bit of a change for them. I wonder if the Hornets, who, of course, uh, it was reported earlier this week in our shopping, Kemba Walker, could potentially benefit catching a Kings team off guard that is not normally playing this time of game. And honestly, if you're doing slate stuff, too, you might not get an opportunity most times to do a full game slate with the Kings. You're looking at a late game slate. This is an opportunity where you could potentially use some players if you have some interest. Zach Randolph comes to mind at times. I'm not using him in this game, but I think this might actually be one of the sneakier, better plays given there are no injuries. I mean, of all the ones out there, I, I think this might be not a bad stacking game, honestly. Well, now that I look at it, okay, so last game looks like the Kings rested Kufos, George Hill, and, and Malachi Richardson. Um, so those were the three veterans that they kind of gave the night off. So I'd assume they may switch it up and, and rest Zach Randolph, Vince Carter, um, and those two uh, definitely yeah. jump out to me first. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something you have to be definitely aware of. Um, All right, right well, then, good. I'm not going to use Randall. Yeah, I already so said that already. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's that's the biggest thing to keep in mind. I think George Hill probably does play. I don't think they've sat any of those guys out multiple games in a row. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're definitely flipping out to to those two. And, and like you said, it's the first game on the slate, so we should get that before. Would you, get, would you feel comfortable using a guy maybe like Dwight Howard um, with – the Kings and being who they are that he might be able to get a, a double double potential and get that, yeah. that bonus on DraftKings. Oh, definitely. I, I love that play. That's, that's probably one of my favorite center plays on the night is, is Howard against the Kings. Um, I know the Kings aren't very great at defending centers. I think they'll see their, um, about the mid, I think midway through, um, so about about 15. No, I take that back. They're the, the third worst <laughs> team. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. Uh, like you said, 
DraftKings has the the double double bonus, so that's that's a nice little addition there. And I, I assume Howard gets about I would, yeah, fifteen I, boards at least. That would be. I mean, I would take the over on that. Right, Honestly, right. if you're like, all right, what's fifty? I think that he gets a double double easily. That's not a, in, in question for me. And Kemba Walker's the other guy too. That I'm surprised by his price, given how aggressively sometimes DraftKings is with the with the guards in particular. He's only at seventy seven hundred, which I think it puts him around eight or nine, or I'm sorry, ten or eleven, as far as the the best. Uh, point guard shooting guard options because they put those two dual positions together yeah, yeah. i know the kings are better defensively certainly than, at the point guard than they are center but i'm not i'm not exactly opposed to playing kemba walker in this situation again i think the time change not that they they're i mean they're professionals they can work around this time change stuff plenty right it's not an issue yeah. for them but just most times they're playing so late that this might be one of those games where they just aren't ready to play by the time the game actually tips off. Right. And, and I think you may even potentially get lower ownership just because of these rumors. You know, people may just want to stray away like, oh, uh, you know, he might get traded. I don't know. Do they do they really want him a part of, you know, a huge part? I mean, mm-hmm. he played 36 minutes the last time out, so he should get a full workload. But I think just that that rumor alone can can maybe potentially, you know, lose a few, um, you know, guys who want to use him. Moving over to the Jazz, Hawks, 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. Rodney Hood is already expected to be out for this game with a lower leg injury. So more Alex Burke, Joe Johnson off the bench. Of course, the Hawks really don't have many injuries to note, but they do have one thing to note, and they are horrible defending the center spot. That's been a, a key takeaway for most of the year. Gobert is back. He's still not getting the, the efficient minutes that we're looking for yet. And I wonder if that actually hinders Derek Favors, who could potentially be taking over those, those minutes too and getting points. I'm staying away from either of those guys, even with the solid matchup for the Hawks, but I wouldn't necessarily be upset if somebody else felt comfortable doing that. It's just not, I think there's better options at center. I'm not going to really go the Gobert favors way, even against a, a bad Hawks team. There's like a small intrigue for me to do, to, to, to go with Gobert. I mean, he, at once he was probably upwards of like 8,400 at his, at his highest price of the season. So he's like 7,000 right now. You know, you're getting him on the upswing as he's, he's you know, third third game back from injury or so. So I definitely get the intrigue there, especially against the Hawks. Uh, but I, I, I can't go there. I, I still feel more comfortable with He's Hank played Howard. almost 30 minutes in his two games he's back. 28 last game, 30 the one before. And uh, 7,000 is not bad. We right. know what his potential is. Right. And again, we know how bad the Hawks are there. So that's actually not that bad when you look at it. I will say, though, as I'm going through the prices once more, Derek Favors at 5,600. That's not bad because he's gotten over 30 uh, DraftKings points, I think, three of the last four games now. And to me, you're not going to get a better value. I know that Gobert is probably going to see more minutes and therefore favors probably less minutes. But still, he's not getting that 35-38 role yet. And if that's the case, I want favors. Again, in a bad Hawks matchup, this this is one of those ones where if you want a salary break, and I'm looking at my lineup right now, there's some things I probably want to change by the end of this slate that might be a guy that I pivot towards to get a little bit around. Again, only 5,400. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have a gripe with that either. I think it's it's a pretty darn good price for for him. Um, I know he was at least 6,500 at one point this season, maybe higher than that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. But, um, yeah, I, I actually do like that play too. I don't think Gobert coming back really hurts Favors minutes. I think they just shift him over to power forward, and he probably still sees most of Yeah, 30 to 34 typical, kind yeah, of thing. Uh, workload. So, um, I, yeah, I'm on board with that play too. Of course, the Sixers-Grizzlies, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We touched on that earlier and the myriad of injuries that are going on for both sides. Jared Bayless is probably the biggest injury for the Sixers to watch out for. He is a game-time decision, and frankly, Ben and I both expect him to not play in this game with that wrist injury. So T.J. McConnell becomes an interesting name against really a depleted Grizzlies squad. Chandler Parsons, James Ennis, Michael Green, Michael Conley, 
already ruled out for this contest. And of course, Parsons and Conley have been ruled out for quite a while. Chalmers is a questionable. Jarrell Martin's questionable. Dylan Brooks questionable. Andrew Harrison is probable. Thank God for Andrew Harrison for spelling that whole questionable list for the Grizzlies. We'll go over to the Heat and Rockets since we spent plenty of time on the Grizzly Sixers already. Heat Rockets, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. And the Heat have been besieged by injuries as well. Gordon Drogic is already ruled out with the knee injury, so that's more Wayne Ellington, who started last game. Tyler Johnson's also out, so maybe now we have a Josh Richardson, uh, Wayne Ellington situation where they're both playing 35 to 38 minutes. And if this goes into overtime, which for whatever the reason, the Heat seem to be playing plenty of overtime games in the past couple weeks, they're going to be in prime position to be able to get on their value. But really, all these injuries have now priced Richardson and Ellington where they're not just automatic cheap plays. They are now full-fledged starters. So you right. are you need to be getting those full-fledged scores from guys that are going to be playing so many minutes. And that part is where I, I have a little bit of a question mark. Yeah, especially with Ellington because, I mean, Ellington's a scorer, but he just can't do everything else. Like, he just doesn't provide your rebounds and assists, steals, that type of stuff. So I definitely worry about him. I think he's 5,300. So, I mean, that's not excessive. I think it's about where... That's about where I'd expect him to be as a starter. Um, I, I, I still worry about it. He had 26 points the last time out. From, I mean, he had 35 fan or drafting points um, during that. I, I I did have him in my lineup at one point. I will say that. And I took him out. I, I just don't think if, if he has an off night offensively, I mean, he's not going to hit value because he doesn't do anything else other than score points. So I'm, I'm shifting away. I don't I don't mind the play, but I think I'm, I'd, I'd rather go elsewhere at shooting guard, especially with like TJ McConnell. And there. we're expecting... Ellington to play point guard tonight, right? That's that's yes, yeah. All right, so if that's the case, well, guess what? The Rockets allow the second most DraftKings points to that position, and oh by the way, they allow an average of thirty-one point one points, not just DraftKings points, but points right. to that point guard spot. So this actually goes into what you're talking about, where Wayne Ellington might be only a scorer. Well, guess what? The Rockets allow a lot of scoring. And maybe that's because Chris Paul's been out, but I, I know he's a good defender. He still allows some points from time to time. Yeah. And the Heat don't have a lot of people to be scoring. I think this is a situation where it becomes a really good double-up play. I don't think he gives you that value that you're looking for in a tournament because he's priced too high for that. There's, there's not a lot yeah. of you know, yeah. value where you expect him to get 45 DraftKings points. Right. I just don't think that's going to happen given he doesn't do anything else but score. However, he does score, and the Rockets allow a lot of scoring. Yeah. So maybe... Maybe that ends up being not a bad play. I would rather go him than Richardson in that case. If I'm trying to get one of those two guys to play a shooting guard, small four point guard role. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I'd rather use Ellington in that situation. Yeah. The Rockets really don't have many injuries to note on their front, so we'll move on over to the Suns and Bucks. I already talked about Giannis. Adetokounmpo is going to be out with the knee injury. He missed last game as well, so this is two in a row. I think it's more of a precautionary thing. They're trying to save his minutes, but Morthon Maker, Tony Snell, DJ Wilson, it's kind of a smorgasbord of blah. Like, I, I just don't know who you really want to feel comfortable using. And Malcolm Brogdon, who, when we were talking about our FanDuel podcast, was a pretty reliable source of 25 points or so. He's a game-time decision with personal things going on. So Matthew Delvadova, Tony Snell, could get the additional bump up. If Brogdon's out, I like Delvadova a little bit more. He's not going to be a scorer necessarily, but at the same time, he's going to see enough assists and other things, whether it be rebounds, steals, that he'll probably present solid value. I don't know what to make of the Giannis situation. I don't think anyone really fills in if that's the case. Yeah. And it's frustrating because he's one of the highest-priced players in the slate. And we're going to get no value out of who comes in for him. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of those, you know, committee approaches to, to filling in minutes. It's going to be a bunch of different guys that just added time. I, I, I will say Tony Snell played 38 minutes the last game. 
that's a huge workload. He had 26 um, DraftKings points, so nothing too crazy. But at a 30, or I guess he's up to 4,200. There's some sort of intrigue for me there that I'm okay with it, just because if if he's playing almost 40 minutes. He's going to put up at least 25 fandom points. I, 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 I would like agree with you. That's almost a guarantee. I would agree with you, and that's the case. And I should mention now that I was talking about Malcolm Brogdon. If you're out, well, no worries there. We just got the, the word that he is active. He's not on the Bucks injury report. So look for him to play. And if that's the case, are you interested in him at all? That, actually, I, I think I would be. I think I, think I, would, I would be, be too. too. That's exactly the thing, yes. Because Giannis, you know, handles the ball so much. And if he's out, I think Brogdon's one of those main guys that's going to help, you know, kind of carry the load, do some ball handling. You know, I think his usage will, will bump up a bit there. So I could definitely see Brogdon being a guy you want to consider. He's only 5,000, so it's nothing I think he's a, I think he's a fantastic middle. And again, especially in a double-up lineup, I think that's fantastic value for him. And that goes back to Tony Snell, too. Tony Snell actually gives me a little bit of intrigue and gpps like i think maybe there's a chance where they'll just have to rely on again he's getting so many minutes yeah and there isn't all that much offense and we'll talk about the one guy that i really feel good about using from the bucks offense when we get to my lineup in a little bit because again the suns you don't really think of them as a defensive stalwart type of thing <laughs> and they're they're high pace too so exactly up tempo yeah yes <laughs> hey man, you owe me like soda that. there exactly <laughs> uh while we're just going back and reporting some of the injuries we do now know that we have uh, Jared Bayless out. He will remain out. This is going to be another game that he's going to be missed with wrist injury. So TJ McConnell, fire him up potentially, especially with all the injuries the Grizzlies could have going on. I love that play as a mid-5,000s option at the point guard shooting guard spot on DraftKings. We'll go over to the Bulls-Pelicans, Bulls I'm sorry, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Only injury to note, it's a big one. Chris Dunn is going to be out again with the concussion. Jerry and Grant is to start at the point guard spot. And Ben, I have Jerry and Grant to my lap. Do you want to know why? Why is that? Because the Pelicans allow a ton <laughs> of points to the point guard I spot. You might say that. Yes, yes, that is. In fact, they allow the most points to the point guard spot on DraftKings at a good 60.6 throughout the whole season and 68.7. Again, you can look at this on the defense positioning tool over the Daily Fantasy page on Rotoware. I, I, Jerry and Grant under 5,000. We just talked about a Brogdon as a 5,000 option. Give me Jerry and Grant, who's going to be getting 30 minutes over a Brogdon, who probably will get 30 minutes, but we don't quite know for sure. Every single time when we're sitting our lamps tonight, I love Jerry and Grant against the Pelicans. I know there's Anthony Davis to Marcus Cousins around. I still feel confident starting him. Yeah, Grant does a little bit of everything, so I do like that about him. Whenever he fills in, he kind of he kind of can do you know points. He can get grab rebounds. He can you know toss out assists. So I do like that he has some of that multi category cross category production that you're that you're looking for, especially in a fill in. Um, you know, his price definitely jumped up about seven hundred bucks. So. You don't get as big as a, as a discount as you did before. Um, I don't mind the play. I think I wish he was a little bit cheaper, but I, I definitely don't mind it at all, especially, like you said, because they're going up against the Pelicans, Yes, um, which is great. And <laughs> I think also with that injury, we probably see more um, Denzel Valentine as well. Yeah. I think that's another guy who's going to kind of steps up when that happens. Yeah. Because Jerry and Grant already had a role within the team, whereas Denzel Valentine didn't necessarily have one until – the season that's been progressing along. And I think that's, I think that's a good call, but Jerry and Grant's the guy I'm starting. I'm probably not looking at Valentine, but he might be a roll of the dice GPP option. Right. Right. 5,200 for Valentine. So kind of expensive ish. I, I think he, he's a guy that could get 30, not much more. So 
Nothing more than a double up play there. I don't yeah. think. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Moving over to the Wizards, Mavericks, eight thirty Eastern Time tip off. John Wall did miss shoot around today, but he's expected to play with an illness. He's one of the higher priced players on DraftKings, sitting at ninety four hundred. I think he's the third highest point guard option overall, and he's just listed as a point guard too. So keep that in mind. And he's going against a Mavericks squad that's been okay. Not great defensively at the point guard spot, which is always a place I like to target. Devin Harris is a game to decision with his head injury. Nerlens Noel, Seth Curry, Dorian Finley-Smith, all still out, and they've been out for most of the year. Do you feel confident using John Wall? I think that becomes the question. Typically, in these situations, I probably wouldn't. Um, but for, for some reason, I do feel I do feel fine with this play. I think it doesn't seem like the Wizards are that concerned with it. I, I, he sat out shoot-around um, precautionary. He's going to play, though. Um I he's just played so well of late that I'm like I'm, I'm I want to fire him up so badly. He's on my season long team. I'm ready to go with him. I want I want double points both both leagues here tonight. I, I do like the play. He's had a ton a ton of fan FanDuel or DraftKings points lately. Um, let's see in the last few. I think he's had at least fifty FanDuel points in four of the last six so i mean he's he's putting up some numbers and it's not like he's ten thousand or anything above he's not he's not five five digits yet so i'm on board yeah yeah and i mean it's worth pointing out the mavericks actually are about middle of the pack in terms of long the yeah. points to there but it's not that big of a difference and a guy that is john wall's caliber of skill i think that you kind of have to throw some of those things out to the wayside. He is one of the better players that is priced more appropriately because you look at the slate and you see a guy like Demarcus Cousins, 10900 on DraftKings, James Harden, 10200 Anthony Davis, 10800 I mean, these are higher-priced guys. So you're getting that uh, John Wall at probably potential similar production. I don't think he gives you the upside that those guys I just mentioned yeah, give you, yeah. but likely similar floor for a thousand dollars less so that's something to consider when you're setting your lineups as far as where you want to slot john wall in there moving over to the trailblazers nuggets nine o'clock eastern time tip off only real injury to note from this one is kenneth freed is questionable with the ankle injury we're still waiting word on paul Millsap and kind of how he's fitting back into that lineup so i think the kenneth freed thing is interesting but i don't know if i'm really firing up anybody from this and that's interesting because damian lillard great offensive guy going against the nuggets who we've targeted all season long but he's kind of a little too high for me. Yeah. CJ McCollum's the same thing. You look at the other side of things with the Nuggets, we've always been interested in their guards as well. And I don't really feel confident either way. This might be one of those things where I go back and set my lineup and like, oh yeah, I really should have more Trailblazers Nuggets in there. But I don't feel for whatever the reason, I'm not going over this right now. Yeah, I feel like this game should definitely be one of the probably higher over-unders of the night. But again, I agree. There's just not a whole lot that I like that just jumps out and says like I'm a must play. I Barton, I think he was the last game with with Murray out, I, I just I don't see that sort of sort of play for this slate. I just I don't I don't see a bunch of bunch of value in this game. Lillard is listed at eighty eight hundred on DraftKings, and he's had well, it looks like th- uh, two of the last three games has gone over fifty Fanduel points. If you're talking about five times the value, you're putting yourself right around there. I, again, I just don't know about it. I, I feel there's going to be people that go that way, and I I think that's completely fine. In fact, yeah. that I would understand. Oh, how about this? And this is a different question. Would you rather have John Wall at 9,400 or Lillard at 8,800? Obviously, you foreshadowing, your lineup does have John Wall in there. So I think you know the answer to that question. But I guess try and convince the audience why that's the move that you'd rather do. I just think Wall has Wall's played so well of late. I, I just like what he's done. You know, he's like I said, he's had four games in the last six, over 50 Fanduel points. He's he's on the rise. He's played a lot better um, this year, even than, than the past few years. So I just I think that's better. I, I, I get that the you know trailblazers nuggets game is probably the higher over under there and that i just 
I think John Wall doesn't have to share the ball as much with a guy like CJ McCollum. I get Bradley Beals there too. I, I, I just think Wall's got the better matchup. All right, fair enough. We'll move over to the final game on Monday's nine-game slate. Timberwolves, Clippers, 10.30 Eastern time tip-off. We've already been blessed with the knowledge that Jimmy Butler has been ruled out. So Namia Bielitsa should start in his place again, and Jamal Crawford on the Timberwolves is a game-time decision. Over to the Clippers, Austin Rivers seems unlikely to play at the heel injury. Same goes for Gallinari uh, with his hip injury, and then DeAndre Jordan has already been ruled out, so Willie Reed, Montrell's Harrell benefit the most from that. I'll be honest, I had... TOD, uh, Milos TOD, such uh, in my lineup right now. He's at 5,400. Timberwolves allow a lot of points to that point guard spot. You know, it's always something I like to key on. But as we've been talking over the point guard lineups, maybe I don't want to have him in there. Maybe this is not the one of the best situations. You think with all this passing expertise and how he was talked about throughout the year, he'd have more games with 10 plus assists. That really has not been the case. No, He's been no. hammered by injuries, it feels like, too. And he just hasn't had that much help, too, with other guys being out. You know, he's played with a lot of two-way contracts and G or 10-day contract guys. So he hasn't had a ton of help. I know, obviously, Blake Griffin's back now. But there's just been so many injuries that even if he's been out there himself healthy, he hasn't had much help. Yeah, I just don't. I, I think he'll probably end up getting taken out of my lap at some point. I thought, hey, let's go. We're on, we're on DraftKings here. Let's see if I can't take advantage of more opportunities where he can get a double double. I certainly think he's going to be able to score over ten points against the Timberwolves. But the last time he's gotten ten plus assists was December twenty sixth against the Kings. So it's one of those things where there might not be an opportunity to have that. I like his price enough at fifty four hundred, given how much the Timberwolves struggle defending that spot. That okay, I, I'll go that direction. But I think I might rather have a guy like uh, Malcolm Brogdon in there instead, especially with Giannis out. That seems like a better choice. Or even TJ McConnell, who's listed at a point guard. He's only 5000 True. So True. I think there's there's a couple guys that are slightly you know cheaper than that that I, I agree may be, may be a little more intriguing. Before we get to the Rotoware Optimizer lineup, let's first get a, a word from DraftEasy.com. We know how frustrating it could be to play in DFS tournaments only to be dominated week in and week out by the Sharks and pro players. Did you know 91% of the money is won by 1% of the players? Well, now, finally, we found a new daily fantasy game where you actually have a chance to win. With DraftEasy.com's rapid-fire game, all you do is pick which player in five two-player matchups you think will score the most fantasy points. Get four out of the five picks right and triple your money. It's that draft easy. No salary caps, no math, no competition, just you against the house. Sign up at drafteasy.com now with promo code ROTOWARE and get a free shot at $50. And check this out. For ROTOWARE, you just get at least one pick right and score $20 free. And for January, Draft Easy has a crazy deposit bo- uh, match bonus with no drip up to $100. Go now to drafteasy.com. Fancy sports made easy let's touch on the rotoware optimizer lineup of course it's on DraftKings, so you have to kind of lock out two or uh, one or two players and i think uh, you know I'll, I'll let you kind of make the choice as to who yeah. you want to lock out for this lineup because we kind of talk about at least when we we're going through the matchups who we liked out of these things so I'll, go ahead what do we have for the DraftKings lineup so far so we didn't do a huge talk about it but i put bielitsa in there because both of both of us had him in our in our you know final lineup, so that's that's the guy that should be starting in place of in, in place of Jimmy Butler again. He's only three thousand, so I locked in him, and then I also threw in T.J. McConnell. I know that I only have him in my lineup. I don't think you do. Uh, I think I might change it. I think I might t- uh, take Tio Dosich out and put McConnell in there, or Brock yeah. in one of the two. I think that's going to be the direction I go. They give me a little bit more upside than than those guys that I haven't previously. Okay, so we, we locked those two in. So this is what the uh, the optimizer is giving us. They're starting off two Trailblazers. Both of the big guys, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, 
Um, I see. I, the more I talk myself into Lillard, I feel like I, I think you you like Wall, and I understand that he's yeah. been hot. I think I would rather go at least in a double up. I would rather go Lillard than Wall, and it's not because Wall can't produce it, but I get a six hundred dollars savings that I can use elsewhere. There's yeah. a lot of interesting mid price six thousand guys on the slate, and at least on DraftKings, it's important to have that kind of extra dough around. So yeah, and I might be just slightly biased again. For, yeah, the, for Wall. maybe season long so stuff that, is helping. It. <laughs> that probably doesn't help. But yeah, I agree. I think Lillard. Lillard's also actually played pretty well of late looking at his his box is i already told you his box you clearly weren't listening to me that's no i was definitely not (laughs) (laughs) but uh, like we said they're going up against the nuggets 8800 for uh lillard and 6700 for uh, mccollum Um, then we're going down to tj mccollum like i just said against the grizzlies 5000 justice winslow is another really cheap guy they're throwing in there um against the the rockets for 3700 with all the injuries that are going on, I guess it makes a little bit of a sense, but I would I would rather go with a couple different options at cheaper spots if we could. And we again, this is all predicating on what happens with that Grizzlies game. Too, yeah, oh, definitely. Right? Because right. That, that's where you get those price savings, and you can go with a guy instead of Justice Winslow, who, looking at the draft, except he's, he has not scored over 20 since, uh, well, beginning of December. Right. So I threw a dart at him, uh, I think, last week in hopes of he performed, and he didn't. <laughs> so I, I, can't, I can't go back. Yeah, I understand that. Okay, and then I th- obviously threw in uh, Bielitsa again against the Clippers, filling in for Jimmy Butler. He's a cool three thousand dollars. Three thousand. That's that's real cheap. Yes, uh, I mean that's as cheap as you can go. Right. He had he played twenty. Six- <laughs> 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 you got me there. All right. Uh, he's uh, played twenty six minutes the last time out. Nineteen uh, DraftKings points. So that's that's solid for a minimum guy. And I honestly think he could do more than that. Just looking at yeah, some oh, of the yeah. numbers of the Clippers giving up. I know that he's not going to be scoring all that often, but even if he's picking up some junk time rebounds and assists and stuff, he's going to be able to get more than fifteen points. You're looking at five times the value for your return on investment. I think it's very easy to assume given he's going to be getting close to thirty minutes, and he's playing against the Clippers. I agree completely. Uh, moving on, the big guy. Paying all the way up for Anthony Davis. Yep. All right. Against the Bulls. That doesn't surprise me, honestly. When, when you ten thousand eight hundred. I, I have him in my lineup. That's expensive. I know it's expensive, and yes, I know he can get hurt. We've talked about this ad nauseum now at this yeah. point, and and you are all for staying away for guys that like Anthony Davis who can get hurt. <laughs> but the Bulls allow so many points, and Anthony Davis. You talk about John Wall going nuts. Anthony Davis has been incredible at times. It's they actually are better at the center spot than the power forward spot. So if you believe that DeMarcus Cousins is playing center and really those guys uh, interchange in the position so often, it's tough to tell. But if you think Cousins is more of a center option and that Robin Lopez is going to be covering him, well, welcome to the stage, Anthony Davis. I understand you're almost nearly 11,000, but that's the guy that I immediately put in my lap once yeah. he was playing the Bulls. Yeah, I definitely wanted I, I definitely consider being at davis who i hate to play i did consider it and that's that's a big that's step something. for me that's, that's a, a big step for me that's a big compliment <laughs> yes um, it looks like it was much earlier in the season but in the previous matchup with the bulls he had 54 uh drafting points so not bad <laughs> not bad at all uh, moving on they they did throw jerrell martin in there from the grizzlies which is a good play yeah. if if and when we get those things ruled out only 4400 I do like that play. I think I that's too. that's a guy that that's going to get a ton of minutes. Even played thirty five in the last last game, twenty two uh, drafting points. But he also had thirty point five a couple games back as well. So he's got decent upside for for his price. So I like that. Um, and they're closing out with Marcus All as well. Um, that Grizzlies lineup pretty depleted. I guess he's going to have to be re- relied upon him and Tyreek Evans. So maybe even not a value plays. Do you consider Tyreek Evans or, or Gasol just because they have to shoulder more of the load, or is that? 
I'm not. I'm not so. I'm not I don't so sold think on so. That. I don't think I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go that direction. I think Marcus Gasol over Tyreek Evans would be the direction. If I had to pick one of those higher priced Grizzly guys, yeah. I know that Joel Embiid is playing. I recognize how good he is defensively and offensively, but I still think the offense runs through Marcus Gasol and Tyreek Evans is yeah. kind of the secondary thing. I know there are guard options missing for the Sixers, but it's not like J.J. Redick was going to be shutting down Tyreek Evans anyway. So I don't really feel like they're missing anything defensively that they weren't already. And as a result, I just think it's going to be a lower-scoring game with all the injuries going on. It really behooves the Grizzlies to slow the pace down even more than they already do. Again, they're potentially going to be out eight players, or at least yeah. eight people are listed on the injury report for today's game. It just doesn't make sense for them to be running a whole bunch you know, right? No, I agree. I will say Gasol's price is actually pretty darn decent for what it's been in the past. I mean, he was upwards of eighty seven hundred at one point, um, so he's down a lot. He's only seventy six hundred um, for a guy that it looks like he had three double doubles in his last five games. So, I mean, there's a nice little bonus on DraftKings. I will say, I don't. I'm not going to play Marcus All, but I, I could see their case being made to play him well let's get to our lineups because i think this is an interesting question just looking at yours and how you want to present it of course you have john wall at 9400 against the mavericks tj mcconnell who i will probably be putting into my lineup now that we know for certain jared bayless is out mcconnell going against the grizzlies who we were just talking about b elite says your small forward option at 3000 laurie markinen i get it i'm not really comfortable using that given his 6700 yeah. price tag but on DraftKings, the three-point shooting is more important so that could be in there here's where i wanted to get to though dwight howard we talked about him earlier in the broadcast, 8,100 going against the Kings. I would take the over on 15 rebounds. Yeah. I'll stand by that. But with Gasol, $500 less, all the different injuries there, wouldn't it make more sense, given we assume Gasol is also going to be getting a double-double, that you'd be getting a bit of a price savings for similar production? I, yeah, I guess you could probably make that argument. I, I do see that. I think... Howard, I still feel like Howard has the higher floor between the two. I don't know why. I, I, he just seems like he gets so many boards. Like he, Howard's going to get more boards than than Gasol on a, any given day. You know, I think yes, that that's pretty easy. I think against, that, I against think the that, Kings too. Dwight Howard against the Kings. I mean, I think they both Robin have Lopez, a high floor. I really think yeah. that they both yeah. have a high floor. But Howard probably has the higher ceiling. Yeah. Howard's a bit more of a GPP play, in my opinion. And not that they couldn't use Howard in a, in a, a 50-50 either. That's certainly not what I'm trying to say. But I would feel more comfortable getting the higher potential from Howard, whereas Gasol gives me a $500 savings for similar production, in my opinion. Again, I I assume Howard's going to get a ton of rebounds, and I know he's going against the Kings. But the, the Grizzlies have to score. Yeah, Somebody's yeah. got to score, and somebody's got to get rebounds, and I think Gasol's going to probably do both of those things for that team. And, and if it... If that was enough savings for me to get another superstar in there, I would definitely go ahead and do it. If I could, if I could shift down to Gasol, add a, a good what was it, a good six hundred bucks onto yes. that, and I could get someone that's pretty a pretty big upgrade, I'd, I'd do it. I would. I wouldn't have that big of you know reservations going down mm-hmm. from Howard to, to Gasol. Well, here's the other guys in your lineup. I'm, I'm a little interested, and in. I think the next question is being why'd you put Ben Simmons in there? Against the Grizzlies, who's only listed at 7,900, I should say, on DraftKings. Your forward option, Scal Abbasir, against the Hornets at 4,300. And Bogdan Bogdanovich against the Hornets also rules or rounds out your utility spot. I don't know about 5,500 Bogdanovich as your utility option, but I think that you probably are going to be going with different options given the Grizzlies game anyway, that that's more of a placeholder. Yeah, that's about a placeholder, especially George Hill being the guy that's probably coming back for sitting out the last game. Um, and I'll probably, I'll, you're right. I'll probably switch up Bogdanovich late. In la, um, Scal, though, I am kind of intrigued by that pick, especially I'm assuming Randolph is the guy that ends up getting the, 
the night off for rest tonight. So Correct. I think Scale could have a pretty, pretty big role role in that front court. And I, I like that price. Um, I think that's pretty good. As for Simmons, again, it's the price thing for me. Like that, that was just too cheap for me not it's to, shocking to me to, to jump on that to see that he's at 7900 i know he's had a few bad games but this is a guy that was one of the highest priced players throughout most of the slates to begin the year he was getting triple yeah. doubles every other day you looked and and now he's sitting at under eight thousand. so he's less than dwight howard to me it's it's surprising to see that that goes back to on DraftKings that the center and power forward spot ends up scoring more points than any other one so it, yeah. it makes more sense to include those guys right, in there right. My lineup, uh, Jerry and Grant at 4,900. He's not going to be changing. I have Teodosic in there as the shooting guard option right now, but I suspect I'll probably put a McConnell in there or something else. Josh Richardson is my small four option at 6,300, but I think I've talked myself into using Wayne Ellington instead, which will save me about 1,000. Dario Sarek, though, is my power forward against the Grizzlies, and I love this play. He's priced high at 6,300. There, there is no savings you're getting from him, but with all the guys that the Grizzlies are going to be out and how Sarek's been scoring lately, he's really the reason that Ben Simmons has dipped so much in price. And I really think that a guy like with Jermichael Green, whoever you're going to be using out there, that's your defensive stalwart, so to speak. And Sark's going to be able to run over whatever Grizzlies 10 gate contract guy they're going to be putting out there to cover him, in my yeah. opinion. So I, I like Sark quite a bit, 6,300. And he gives me perfect uh, mix of 50 50 value, but also I know there is a higher ceiling potential out of there for him. My center, Tyson Chandler, right now going against the Bucks. I'm just assuming, and this is only to get the double up point increase from DraftKings. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's yep. the reason why I have Chandler on there right now. I assume that he's going to be getting 10 rebounds at least. I know he's only getting about 26 minutes, but I assume he's going to get 10 plus rebounds against Thom Maker and the Bucks, especially with Giannis out. And I assume he's going to get 10 points at least right around there. So at 4,400, that's okay. But frankly, going through this lineup now, I've probably saved about $1,500 and I'm going to be putting that all towards the center spot. So I don't think Tyson Chandler makes to my final lineup. I love Chris Middleton in my lineup though at 8700 he is also priced high i get that but look what he did when Giannis was out i think that's where this becomes this is again a Suns yeah. team that's going to be up tempo the bucks still need to win this game to remain competitive in the eastern conference they've kind of slipped lately whether it was because Giannis is out or not that remains to be seen i know it's high priced give me chris middleton with Giannis out because that clearly is the bucks focal point on offense yeah it's an absolutely ridiculous price but you do have a point. No Giannis, like Middleton's the guy. He's he's gonna take a ton of shots. He, he triple doubled the last time out. So he's not gonna, he's get not gonna do again. that again. But if he's five hundred dollars less, this would be an automatic play where every single person on DraftKings is gonna be using him. Right. So I understand this. The, the savings might actually benefit me as far as I'll lower his ownership yeah, rate yeah. enough. And I know, I know he's gonna be a, an important part of that offense. I do have Anthony Davis in my line, but ten thousand eight hundred. We've talked about him quite a bit. And Bielitsa rounds out my utility spot at three thousand. Again, I'll be probably making changes to the center spot. I think Wayne Ellington's probably going to be going at one of the guard spots too, and Teodosich likely won't sit in my line. But for the most part, this was my my pick for putting together well, well really it's more of the best fifty fifty lineup. There's a couple of other tournament options yeah. we've talked about too, but yeah. this is really my my thoughts on that. So that does it for us on the Monday NBA DFS podcast. We'll be back again Wednesday to talk more NBA DFS. And of course, a couple notes before we sign off. If you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave a ratings or review on iTunes or Stitcher. Ben loves the compliments, but of course, it's a good way for RotoWire to get more feedback for future content. And you can join the NBA DFS discussion on RotoWire's Slack page. All you have to do is email support at RotoWire.com to be able to get into that, so long as you have a RotoWire subscription. We'll be back again Wednesday to talk more NBA DFS. Until then, talk to you later. 